We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Father, we thank you today that you are awesome. God, I, I, I love every Sunday, but I've got to admit, when we talk about vision, God, I get so pumped and I get so excited. Because, God, we're a church that has a vision. We're a church that's going somewhere. We're a church that's got a purpose and a destiny. God, we know why we exist and, God, what we are called to do. And, God, I thank you for that. But, God, I pray for everyone in this house today that they would grab a hold of vision. That they would be a part of vision. That they would be connected into vision. That they would realize the power of being together and how we can accomplish great things. God, speak to our hearts. Speak to us and minister to us, we pray today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, say with me, Vision Sunday. Come on, say it one more time. Vision Sunday. I love to talk about vision because vision is about going somewhere. I'm ready to go somewhere. Anyone with me on that? I don't want to stay in the same place. I don't want next year to look back and say, wow, we didn't really accomplish much. Or, or we sit back and say, wow, we did a lot last year so we can take a break and a breather. We're talking about vision. Why? Because we're not just going to sit around and twiddle our thumbs, patting ourselves on the back and saying, good job for the year that has passed, but we want to surge forward into a new year. We want to take on the challenges. How many knows there's challenges that are facing you this year? Challenges you've never faced before, perhaps greater challenges than you've ever seen in your life. And and that's okay because God is up to those challenges. God can see you through those in the same way he saw you past tense through those. He's going to see you present and future ongoing. So there are challenges ahead, but vision causes us to corporately move forward with a destiny and divine purpose. Vision, vision, vision. I've said this many times talking about vision, but it's so powerful. One man with a mouse changed almost the whole entire world. He had a vision. People thought he was crazy, thought he was crazy to put faces on flowers and they would talk and, and, and these little things would happen. But he had a vision and that was Walt Disney and we've all heard of Disney World and we've all bought something and been a part of something to do with that. Why it's impacted the world because one man dared to have a vision. I believe church should have the greatest vision in this world. I believe church should be going somewhere. You see why vision is so important is because of this. You may not always see it. You may not always feel it. You may not always understand even the decisions and the choices and the things that we are doing here at this church. You may not see it. But that's the power of vision, that you can just plant your life into it. That you can be a part of it. And when you don't see it, it can carry you where you need to go. And it can take you so no one is left behind. We don't want anyone to be left behind. 
We want people to be steamrolling forward with us and seeing vision. I love, this is a statement that I once wrote down of the power of vision. And it says this, vision is when individuals join together with a united goal and they accomplish awesome things together. It starts with individuals coming together. But then it builds a community. They rally together. They help each other. And guess what? Being united, they accomplish awesome things together. The power of together is so awesome and incredible. During the first week of our iConnect course, which incidentally is beginning on February the the 9th, February the 9th, the next Sunday. And please, if you have not been through our iConnect course, we want to encourage every one of you to do that. Go to the Connect Zone, sign up. It's a three-week course that takes you through the vision of our church, who we are, what we are, and how you can be a part of church. And we just really wholeheartedly believe in that. On that Friday night before that, the 7th of February, we're going to have a special meal for everyone who's joined the church just recently over the last few months. So please, if that's you, sign up. But in our first week, I get the privilege to talk about vision and the culture which vision creates. You see, vision is where we're going. Vision is the direction, but culture is how we're getting there. How we arrive, what we put in place to see that vision fulfilled in our lives. So that means we're a different flavor to maybe other churches. And that's okay, because this is what God has called us to do. The culture of our churches may be different, and that's good. I pray it is different, because we don't want to be stereotyped. We don't want to be like everyone else. God hasn't called us to be this church or that church. He's told us to be His church, and and we want to be united with that, and, and we want to be true to that. So vision is where we're going, but the culture is how we're going to get there. And here's what I want you to see today. Look at this thoughts, this thought pattern. Look, without you, vision is just an idea. Without you, vision is just something on a piece of paper. It's just a hope. It's just a dream. It's just a plan. It has to start that way. But vision needs help. Come on, say with me, vision needs my help. Come on, help me out in the place. Come on, vision needs my help. Because without it, it's just an idea. We can have an idea to touch people in this community. But if we don't have people to help us, come on, if we don't have people around us, guess what? It's just an idea. It's just something we want to do. What's the next process with you, with me being a part? Guess what? Vision now becomes a reality. Love that, that we can reach, that we can touch, that we can impact. Come on, say with me, vision needs my help. Can you see the part that you have to play? Then the next process of it is with all of us. Come on, high five someone around you and say, that's you. Come on, that's you together. Come on, we're going to do stuff together. Vision is us together. Guess what? With all of us, vision becomes a culture. It becomes the DNA of our church. It becomes what we are. It's an environment that we create that people can come into and they can be changed. Aren't you glad that you stepped through the doors of this church and you were changed? Aren't you glad that other people are still going to step through the doors of this church? And because of people who are on the welcome team, because of people who are in the nursery and serving our kids on our worship team, people who are in our prayer team, people who faithfully tithe to our church, aren't you glad people who are buying into that vision that we can create an environment where people can come and their lives can be impacted and changed? Come on, that's the power of vision. Look what Helen Keller said. A lot of you know Helen Keller and she was famous. She said these words, worse than being blind would be being able to see but having no 
vision. Worse than being blind. She was blind. But worse than being blind, close your eyes, worse than not being able to see right now. Even with your eyes closed, your mind can still see things. Come on. Even with your eyes closed right now, you can still picture me. A bad picture, I know. But you can still picture me standing at the front right now. Why? Because your mind goes beyond your sight. Helen Keller was saying, don't allow your sight, as in through your mind and what is available, to be blinded. And it so easily can be blinded with the, with the world around us. Our vision statement is on the wall. When you come in, it's there, plain and simply. But we've simplified it to three words. Life, love, and purpose. Say that with me. Life, love, and purpose. One more time. Life, love, and purpose. We believe our vision begins at life. Everything has to start at life. Come on. We believe that life starts. Life is made possible to all who come in these doors. But not only those who come in these doors, but we believe that we are called to take life outside of these doors. We believe that we can be a carrier of life, yes, in here. But God has also called us to what? To be a carrier out there, wherever we are, wherever we go. Jesus said it this way, John 10 verse 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's nothing exciting there to me. Come on, that's nothing good. That's not uplifting. That's not motivating. Anyone agree with me that? To be stolen from, to have your life taken or to kill, to be destroyed, it's not good. But read on. God says, but I have come. Here's the thought, really. The main reason I came to this earth, this is what God is saying, but I have come, the main reason I came is that you may have life and not a mere existence. Now you may say, well it doesn't say that. Yes it does, it just says that in reverse. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it what? More abundantly, overflowing, surplus, excess, so much more that you won't know what to do with yourself. Wouldn't it be great in 2014 if you had so much life, you just didn't know what to do with yourself? Come on, you just had to tell this person, you had to just give it. Come on, that's the life that God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to wake up in the morning depressed and and feeling down and feeling sorry for ourselves and poor me, poor this and that. He doesn't want that. He wants us to carry life. Come on, the vision of this house is to have life. That life happens or life starts inside of every one of us. His main mission was life. If that's the main mission of Christ, don't you think that should be the main mission of our church? To give life, to bring life, to make life available. Come on, say with me, life starts. And you know where life starts? At salvation, meeting God. It's where it all begins. There is no life without Jesus. People think they have a life, but life begins with relationship with Christ. The second part says love happens. Love happens. Why? Because as a result of life, God says as a result of salvation, he puts a new heart inside of us. He takes our stony heart away. He gives us a new supple, a new living heart that what can do? It can produce love, that we can feel love. Come on, as a result of life, we feel love. We feel the love of God, love that we've maybe not felt from other people around, but we know that God loves us. And as a result of beginning to feel loved, we begin to give love. We begin to be loved. Come on. 
we're going to be a house of love in this place. Come on. Our vision is that love just happens. Love, the Bible tells us, should be that which identifies us to other people. Other people around. Look what it says, John 13, verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my followers. That's what it means to be a disciple. By this, people will know that you're followers of Christ, that you're Christians, that you live for God. Why? If you have love, one for another. So if we don't have love, people are going to say they don't love God. But by loving God, it identifies, or by really by loving other people, it identifies us that we are in relationship and that we are followers of Christ. Look what John, 1 John 4 verse 7, it said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is first what of God given to us, and everyone who loves is what? Born of God. Speaking of relationship with God, because of relationship we've been given love. We know love and we know God. Verse 8, but he who does not what? Love does not watch out, does not know God. For God is love. It's impossible to be in relationship with God without loving. Come on, love happens. The Bible says if we don't love then we don't know God. But God himself is love. And I'm so thankful of that. Everything about God is love. You cannot separate God from love. Why? Because God is love and love is God. And now you're a part of a new family. You are loved. You're accepted. You're a part of family that you can say, wow, I've come home. And I love that. Everyone needs that. Everyone needs to feel love. But here's my challenge. Everyone needs that. Well, be that. Be that love that everyone else needs. Win them with love. Win them. And we're going to talk more about that. This is just my introduction today. Then the last part of our vision is purpose is revealed. Through the life of God, through salvation and a heart that's changed and a love that comes in, we now begin to walk with a new purpose. We now begin to walk with a new future and a new destiny. We now begin to walk in what God has created us to believe. I believe that so many of you in this place came in so lost, didn't know what to do, gave your life to Christ, experienced love, have given love, and now you begin to see the pathway that God has for your life, that God has a purpose for your life. And you can see really clearly too how the enemy tried to take you out and tried to silence that purpose. Come on, but you're going to move forward with love and you're going to be everything God wants us to be. There's too many people today that are still living with no purpose. Just existing. And that's not God's plan for our lives. Love, life, love and purpose. A few weeks ago, I was reading something. I don't even remember where it was, but I read a statement that really rocked my world. The statement just simply said this, why do we exist? Why do we exist? Why we exist? You know, and I I began to think of that and it challenged me personally in my life. I thought, why do I exist? What is the purpose for my life? But then I began to take it one step further. And as the pastor and leader of the church, I began to ask, why do we as a church, why, why, do, we, why do we exist? What is it about us in our lives? And I believe that we exist for many different reasons. While we were driving back from Georgia, I asked my kids in the car, I said, why do we exist? Molly was so funny. The first thing Molly said, well, we exist, Dad, because you built the church. 
Good answer. It's not a wrong answer. We exist as a church because we started the church. Good answer. And, and then they began to say, Molly also said, we exist to help others. I like that. Luke chimed in from the back and he said, we exist to put Jesus in people. <laughs> Hannah said, we exist to let people know that they are loved no matter what. Yeah. Brittany said, we We exist to build accountability in people's lives. Maddie said, we exist to create a place to belong and a place of safety for people. And then Kelly said, we exist because of the passion of bringing Christ to everyone. I love that. The passion that we have causes us to exist because we want to bring Christ to everyone. I thought they were really good answers. And we exist for a divine purpose, and that's to impact others' lives. Amen. But we exist with God being at the center. The vision of this church is God at the center. And we're not just people that say God at the center as a statement. We try wholeheartedly to live with Christ, the gospel, the word of God being the center, the core of everything that we do. We try to live by this. We preach by this. We uphold this. We do everything we can by God being at the center. And if you would notice, as we look, I'm just going to give you five quick things today of why we exist. And if you would look through the main vein through every one of those is love. Because we exist to love people. That, that's the main reason why we exist, is to love people and to care for people. And I want you to help me out in the message today. Is that cool? Every time I say love, loving or loved, any form of love, I want you just to shout amen. Is that cool? Throughout the whole message. Because you know what amen means? So be it. That means right on, buddy. I'm right there with you. I believe in this. Come on, we're going to do it. Come on. It's being envisioned together. Is that okay? So whenever we talk about love, praise God. There you go. Stay with me. I want you to help me out. So here's the first reason why we exist. Are you ready? Just a few things that I wrote down. Number one, to take God into the world of others. To take God into the world of others. Now I could have easily said to take God to this world, which is really the same thing. But I wanted to word it slightly different for this reason. To take God into the world of of others. How many have ever invited someone to church and they still haven't showed up? They haven't come into our world. Do you notice that? They haven't become a part really of our world. So when we talk about go, taking God to this world, we've got to realize that not everyone's going to come into our church. Not everyone's going to be a part of this world. So guess what? That means we must go into their world. Catch that? We exist not only to be a Sunday service, but to give you the training and the education you need to go into the world of other people around you every day. Those that sit beside you, those that work around you at Walmart, your neighbors, to go into their world and impact them. Now let me make this straight right off the bat and make this clear. Come on, we don't exist for compromise. We're not talking about compromising because when we talk about going and being a part of people's worlds, many times people begin to think of compromising, that we're doing this and we're doing that. That's not the truth. We don't become them to win them. 
You've got time at home. Read what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 on. He says, to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the weak, I became weak. To this, I became... He wasn't saying that he became like them. He wasn't saying in any way that he compromised his biblical stance or what he was. But what he was saying is, by any means possible, he went into people's world for what reason? To pull them out and to see them saved. Come on. He wanted to impact someone's world. Come on, we enter people's worlds through our conversations. You can enter someone's world through a conversation. Come on, you enter someone's world through care and giving and showing compassion to people. There's a lot of heartless people out there. Some people at your work, everyone else is avoiding like the plague, but they just need someone to care. You can enter their world. That's why we exist, to enter the world of people. We can enter people's worlds through love. Good, three people are awake. We can enter people's words through love. We can enter their world through showing interest in them, being concerned for them. Listen to this. We can enter their world through Facebook and Instagram. Great tools when they're used rightly. Come on. I've just got to say this. Instagram, Facebook, all this social media is not the place for you to post all the bad things that's happening in your life. Come on, that's not what you use it for. Use it as a tool to impact people's world. So many people are steering way away from you. Why? Because they don't want to be a part of your world because your world is depressive. Your world is negative. You're cynical. Come on, if you're having a bad day, we all have those. Don't let everyone know out there, oh, I'm so depressed. Life is so bad. What do you want? Someone to give you sympathy? They're not sympathizing with you. They're just thinking you're miserable. They may say they like it, but they really don't. They feel sorry for you. Come on. We can enter people's worlds today to impact. We can take light into darkness. God has called us to do that, to be a light. Why do we exist? To impact people's worlds. But listen to me. In order to take it, you first got to have it. You can't take something you don't have. There's a story of that in the Bible. Peter and John one day were going to the gate beautiful. And there was a lame man that was sitting there and he was asking for help and support. Every time I read this story, I always laugh because the Bible says he was asking for arms. Wouldn't he have been better to have asked for legs? Just my thought right there. Just, just a joke right there. I know, I know it's ALMS, but just a joke. That's my mind thinking right there. Okay? He was asking for arms. Probably would have done better asking for legs since he was crippled. But anyway, the story continues. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Peter said to him, Silver and gold I don't have. I don't have all the money. I don't have the ability to pay your rent. I don't have all of those things. But what does he say? But what I do have, I give to you. I love that. If I'm going to go into someone's world, I've got to have something to take into that world. But what I do have, I give to you. What did he have? In the name of Jesus. He had a relationship. He had a changed life. A life that had been totally impacted and redirected. His testimony of what God had done in his life. Your testimony is such a powerful tool. Come on, your testimony of what God has brought you through. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I've got life that I can take into people's world and I can impact them. And what did he say? Rise up and walk. Now, I haven't got the next verse, but the Bible says immediately he jumped up and he began to walk. leaping and jumping and he began to praise God. What do I have? 
Come on, what do you have? You have a changed life. You've got to have something to give to people. How sad would it have been that day if all Peter would have done was taken out his wallet and thrown a couple of bucks in the plate? It would have just been a temporary fix. It would have paid for a meal for him that day, but he would have been hungry the next day. Peter said, let me tell you something. I'm not just interested in feeding you for one meal. I want to give you the ability to be able to produce food for yourself and to be able to work and to be able to live and to be able to function. Come on, he gave him life. Come on, we exist to give life to other people. We exist as a church to reach others. Praise God, praise God. But you've got to understand this. You're the church. Come on, hit yourself and say, I'm the church. I'm the church. I'm the church of God. And you need to understand that. Church is not four walls and a roof. This is just where we meet. Come on, we are the church. How do we know this? Look what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are, what? The temple of the living God. I'm church. I'm church. I'm church. I am the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk amongst them. How awesome that I can take church to this world because God has called me to be his church. To take life to those around. I will be their God and they will be my people. But look what verse 17 says. Very important. Therefore, come out from amongst them. And be separate. It's not about being the same as. We talked about that. It's not compromising our beliefs. But it's rallying under the gospel and truth of God. And taking life into every one of them. Come on, we exist to impact the lives of others for eternity. We may only have one chance. Make it count. When I go in places, every day I pray this over my life. God, that you would help me impact a life today. I want, by the end of today, someone to lay their head on their pillow at night and say, man, I'm sure glad I met that guy. Maybe don't even know his name, don't know where he came from, but I'm sure glad I met him because he gave me hope today. He gave me life today. Come on, we may only have one chance with people. Come on, make it count. We're not perfect, but we need to be passionate about the God that we serve. There's a saying out there that says you can lead a horse to water can't make him drink. Disagree with that. Disagree with that. For this reason, what if you feed that horse salt tablets? What about if you create a thirst inside of them? You can create a thirst that that horse is going to drink. Do you know Matthew 5 verse 13, God says you are the salt of the earth. You can create a thirst and an appetite in people around you that they can say, wow, there's something about them. Come on, we are created to impact other people's worlds. Not for God to come to their world. As in, you know, we go to them and we bring them and we take the gospel to them. Come on, church is where you and I need to come every week and sharpen our swords. Why? Because we're going out in the battle. We're going out in the fight out there to touch other people. Come on, we exist to impact the world of others. Got to move on. Number two, we exist to be all inclusive. We exist as a church to be all inclusive. Look around you today. There are so many different types of people that the world has labeled as types. In God's eyes, there's only two types of people, those who are saved and those who are not saved. And he loves them both. But look around you today. We are a culture that is all-inclusive. We don't say to certain types, you're not welcome here. We don't label ourselves as this church or that church. Why? Because we don't want to exclude anyone. We want to know that everyone is accepted and loved. Three people and loved. We don't agree. Listen, we don't agree with everything that people do. 
Please understand that. We don't agree with everything people do, but it's our responsibility to catch the fish and allow God to clean the fish. An all-inclusive culture means that we live by the gospel. Again, we're not compromising. We're not saying, oh, we like that. Oh, yeah, we'll change our beliefs to accommodate that. Hey, sin is still sin. Come on, sin is still sin. God's word is still truth. So we're not saying that we're compromising the truth, but what we're saying is everyone is welcome to come to hear the gospel and to hear the word of God. And they're welcome to be a part of it, the good news. Why? Because we love people. Church is a hospital for those who are bloody and broken. We don't have a sign at the door and say, we don't allow you in here while you're messed up. Clean yourself up and then you can come in. We want those who are bloody. We want those who are wounded. We want those who don't smell so good. We want those who don't look so good. We want everyone. Why? Because we're creating an all-inclusive culture. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says he's died for the whosoever. That's everyone. He died for everyone. He died even for those who were religious, who should have known better, that crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them. It was a universal statement. It was for everyone, for mankind. God has no favorites. Did you know that? God has no favorites and neither was me. We Look what it says in James chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 and then in verse 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim that you have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? If you favor some people more than others. For instance, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And another comes in who is poor and dressed in shabby clothes. If you give special attention to and a good seat to the rich person. But you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, verse 4. Doesn't this discrimination show that you are Guided by wrong motives. The new King James Version says, Have you not shown partiality amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Look at verse 9. But if you, if you pay special attention to the rich, you are committing a sin. And you are guilty of breaking the law. The law he's talking about is the verse before that, verse 8, where he talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. That we are guilty if we say this or that is allowed. Come on, the gospel is the truth. We welcome everyone to be a part of what God has for their lives. Here's a great story that I believe represents our church moving forward. Meaning we may not be completely there yet, but this is the direction that we're going. I read this and I've used this before in a message a number of years ago. But listen to the story. We were hosting a party in our old 17th century farmhouse in the countryside. We didn't have enough parking space for everyone on the land, so we parked our guests on the spare ground across the narrow country lane opposite our home. It was dark and cold. One member of our team named Robbie was out on the lane waving guests into the parking area using a flashlight to direct the traffic. When all the guests had gathered at the house and Robbie had come in from the cold, I asked him how everything had went and if it went smoothly parking all the cars. He replied that everything was fine except for one lady driving up the lane whom he had mistakenly waved into the party parking area. Assuming she was a party guest, Robbie saw her headlights and simply waved her in. 
Only when he approached the car to open the door did the distressed lady shout from her window, Who are you? And why have you brought me here? Realizing his mistake, Robbie apologized and waved her back out. Now you may say, okay, what's so powerful about that? I love that story for this reason. I believe that's the mentality, the culture that we want to create at this church. And you know what the culture is? That assumes that everyone is coming to our party. Everyone is coming, that we're waving them in. That we're waving, that everyone is invited. Come on, everyone's coming to our party. I could talk for weeks on, do you realize I get excited about vision? But think about the power of living an all-inclusive life. A life that accepts all people and simply includes everyone as though they are coming to the party. Just waves them in. Come on, we exist to wave others in. To let them know that they are welcomed and to let them know that they are loved. Jesus tells a story of this in a parable of a guest who prepares a meal and he invites those. And when it was time for the meal... He sent his servants out to tell those who were invited and every one of them had an excuse. Can't make it, can't make it, can't make it. So what did the master do? This is what he did in Luke 14, 21. He told his servants, go quickly out into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed, the crippled, the lame and the blind. And look what it says in verse 23 and 24. Then the master told his servants, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make everyone come in for my house will be full, I tell you. Not one of those men who were invited will get to taste of my banquet. Come on, I pray that this year our house is full. And it's not a bragging rights. It's not for us to say, look at us. I would love to add a third service and a fourth service on Sunday. I would love to see this place packed. And it happens as we begin to wave people in and create a culture. We exist to create an all-inclusive culture. You see, what did the host do? And the host is a picture of God. Listen to this. He moved from people he did know to people he didn't know and never dreamt that they would ever be invited to such a banquet. He looked at those that would have so easily been left out and those that others would have overlooked. He told his servants to throw their circle of love and inclusion even wider by going out into the country lanes. Look at this statement. Our church cannot be any bigger than our circle of love or our circle of inclusion. You're not going to invite other people who are not in your circle. What we've got to do is we've got to break the mold of the circle. We've got to go out. It's easy to go around the popular people and ask them, but everyone wants their attention. Look for the ones like the guested. Go and find the weak, the lame, the hurting. Go and find them. They're the ones that need to come in. They're the ones that feel they're unworthy. Come on, we're taking the gospel to their world. Come on, we exist to create an all-inclusive culture, a culture that touches more people by accident than we ever would do on purpose. Love that. If you didn't get that, you need to write that down. Creating a culture that that touches more people by accident than on purpose. When Paul and Silas were praising God in the prison, guess who heard them? The other prisoners. When their bonds were loosed by the earthquake, guess what happened to everyone around? Their bonds were loosed too. They touched people by accident, just being who God called them to be. We can impact people's worlds. 
We pray for God to give us perhaps that one person to talk to. But, but what about when we're talking to that one person, the person who's sitting in the booth beside us? Can you see how by accident, by, by building the, the, the circle of that around us and being more inclusive, how many people we can touch? Notice in the Bible, Jesus never fishes with a pole. He always fishes with a net. And you know what a net does? A net brings everything in. And that's what God wants us to be, all inclusive. I know we're just through point number two, moving along really quickly. Point number three, we exist to give hope to others. We're surrounded today by hopelessness, but we must never let it get inside of us. The Bible tells us or encourages us in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Love that. God is greater. The one inside of you is greater. We exist to give hope to others, to let them know that they are never, it's never over with God and that God loves them. There's a story of a hopelessness situation in the Bible where a man brings his son to, be, to Jesus. He, he has seizures. He has a sickness. Those seizures would convulse him and he would throw himself in the water of the fire trying to destroy his life. Look what Jesus says in Mark 9 verse 23. He says to the man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Isn't that the story of so many? I want to believe. I want to have hope, but I don't. I struggle. Can you help me? We can help people have hope in a God that can do the impossible in their lives. Again, our testimony can bring hope to that. We exist to let others know that in Christ we have great hope. John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you. Read it. Great things. He said, I've spoken to you that you may have peace, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Have hope. Why? Because I have overcome the world. We can have hope. We exist to take hope. What is hope? A tomorrow, a future. Having hope in people's lives. Letting them know that it's okay. We exist to bring hope to others. Number four, we exist to make his name great. Psalms 8 verse 9, O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We live in a world where God's word and his name is not so excellent anymore. People have been given and been fed what they believe to be God and it's not the truth of God. We need to present to them who God really is. Do I hear an amen? We need to show them a loving, heavenly Father, Matthew 5, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your life. Notice this, the life that you live, the life that you have, the love that you have, the purpose that you've discovered, that they may see your good works. And guess what? They'll be turned on to God, that they'll give their lives to God, that they'll surrender to God. We need to represent the gospel correctly. If we're going to make his name great, we are the carriers of his name. We are the Christians, the Christians, the ones that need to make his name great. God is more than a curse word. Come on, God is life. God is everything. God is hope. In the name of Jesus, things still happen. We exist to tell people and to bring God to their world. And last but not least, this is the last one for, the de- for today. We exist to see healing and restoration. To see hope, to see healing, to see life. 
Healing and restoration physically, spiritually, financially, mentally, in every aspect of life. We don't believe that God's word eliminates or does away with anything. He died on the cross just for us emotionally as much as he did for us spiritually, as much as he did physically. Why? Because the Bible says by his stripes we're healed. If he didn't care about our physical healing, he would have just come to be the saviour. But while he was here, he was also the healer. His number one mission was to give life, but through that life, there was healing. Come on, he's come to restore our marriages. We exist to see relationships restored, marriages put back together, for reconciliation to take place. Look what it says, Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we're healed. We believe that this year there's going to be such healing in marriages, in mentally, in people's minds, in their hearts, deliverances and breakthroughs. Everything that we need. Come on, we exist to see this take place in the hearts and lives of people. We believe it's going to be a reality for you, for your family, for your future. And the list continues and should, why we exist. But let me sum it all up like this. We exist to fulfill his purpose on this earth. And you know what that is? To love people. To love people. You see, it's never about us. God made his church never be about me and Kelly. If you would notice, there's not names on the signs outside. Pastor Philip and Kelly. It's not about us. It's about him. May our lives never be about us, but may they be all about him and what he desires to do in our lives and through our lives. I wonder today if you exist for the same cause. I wonder today if you would say, I want to be a part of vision. I want to be connected. I want to be a part of the house. I want to serve. I want to do. I want to be. And the greatest way of service is to be here and to be a part of what God has. Do you have vision in your life? Because if you do, you can too see the greatness of God. Come on, be a part of vision. Realize that we exist for a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. Come on, high five someone as you stand to your feet this morning. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsea's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.